Blessings. Welcome back to the Fully Reflective Podcast. We are reflecting here in this moment and uh, with great joy and ease and effortless cognitive bliss. I, I join this moment with uh, a brother and one of the first people that I interfaced with and I was like, ooh, that's mirror consciousness. And we had a very funny way of meeting in, I think, 20, is it 18, 2018, 2019? So who knows? Um, I don't know if it's technically Jim Klein or technically Jamuna Das or technically some other term, um, but I know you as Jamuna. Jamuna, welcome. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes, um, I like that. I like the specificity of your uh of your introduction thank you i'm glad yeah well i think there's so many rabbit holes and uh mathematic angles that we could come into this with so i figure might as well be specific um, right and although I, I suppose i could yeah so i met you in the backyard of some place in venice and you roll up on this bicycle and you have like a construction worker vest on. And, uh, I mean, kind of a similar outfit. You got a hat on like this. Like a, hoodie. a bunch of stuff was in your bicycle basket. And it was a, uh, an event that was like um, all about consciousness. I think it was because Burning Man was happening, uh, you know, up the road or whatever we were in Venice and it was called Burning Woman and it was some friends that were putting on this event. It was all about feminine intelligence and there were speakers and I performed, I did some uh, speaking. It was one of the first places I spoke publicly about Christ consciousness and reflectivity, the reflectivity of consciousness. And then it was towards the end and um, that's Malachi in the background, <laughs> ad living. Um, Oh, maybe, maybe we're the ones who are out living actually right right he's the, he's the main um and then yeah you were in the middle of this group of people and i think it was uh substance uh beloved soul sister substance who said excuse me sir would you like to say anything and that was all the introduction you needed and you you took that baton and i think you didn't stop talking for a solid you know, seven, eight minutes and talking to us about us. And I mean, there's maybe 15, 20 people there. And you were, you were, you went on a soliloquy about really holding up a mirror of what we were doing there. It's like, this is happening all over the planet. And also it's one of the more elevated signals and frequencies that are happening on the planet where people come together to raise the planet's vibration by being in a loving way, but also sharing wisdom and doing these kind of things and that was the night that i met you um and then we sat at air one there soon after and uh i don't know if that's when you, you gave me more of the the breakdown i think actually in the peace palace was the first time i heard your actual story but i don't know you could probably just start in so many different places but is there a way that if somebody were to come into your world and you're you're with them now and they say who are you or what happened to you 
or, 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 or something mentions about spirituality or enlightenment or something. And they say, what about you? Do you, do you know anything about spirituality or enlightenment? What do you, how do you respond? What do you say? Who are you? What happened? Good. Okay. So let's do this. You ask me, who are you? Ask me that. Who are you? Okay. Who's asking? This one who's curious. This one who's curious. Ah, I like that. Okay. I like that. So, you know, in thinking about these introductions and thinking about what the truth is to each, to each answer and each question, because the question and the answer are simultaneous. They're always, the answer is always embedded in the question. Otherwise we wouldn't know to ask the question. What happens is, is we get the we get the impulse of wonder to find something out, and that comes out in a question. Now, the, the, just the fact that our attention is drawn to that something, whether it's an idea or a thing, things are ideas manifest in physical reality, obviously. But so that we have to fill in the pieces. And so what happens is, is and I learned most of my, I would say, graceful communication skills, which have taken quite a long time. <laughs> uh, I, apparently, I, I, I can be a bit of a brute. <laughs> Here's the math, eat it. <laughs> Do it, it's the math. <laughs> I want to talk about math, for sure. I would love to talk about math, because that's sure. something that you and I, have, I've found great uh, solace is the word, or, or, or harmony in communicating with you about it is what it is. It's just math. Right. But if someone would say, ooh, I like that, How, what is math? When you okay, so that's a good question because, um, see, the math never lies. The math is simply what is, okay? Like in a certain construct, here's a, a bowl, okay? Well, there's a mathematical um, equation that creates every single particle point and that, and that idea maintaining its shape in the physical reality, okay? That's the math. Now, that the math never lies. However, the split mind, which is what we were all given coming into this earth matrix, that's the trick, is, okay, you're going to give in a split matrix, and now you have to find balance. But you're coming from imbalance already. And so the ego, see, once we understand why, why we're here and the rules of this game, which we weren't told, Okay, all we were told when we came in is we were shown the brochures in the spirit world. <laughs> wow, singing birds. <laughs> wow, all the children singing. Wow, hippopotamus is calling to us. Ah, everything. Zebras. Whoa, you can ride them. This is neat. Oh my God, flowers. Whoa, more birds that are singing. Oh my God, everything's singing. The trees, everyone's singing. My God, everyone's in harmonic frequency. This is incredible. Are you kidding me? Of course, we're going to go see it. Wait, 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 wait. There's one one thing you have to know you're not going to remember where you came from what do you mean what are we talking about we're, we you'll, you'll see us in a while wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute no no you won't remember because that's the truth your trick is your memory is going to be pulled you got to remember okay we're going to put signs everywhere those singing birds all those things those are all things for you to remember okay you're in a loving place you're in a harmonic balance that's the math of it okay and then we're thrown in here and our mind is jambled just out of balance so that, we create that's the old paradigm that this whole quote-unquote awakening thing is happening as a response to because the old split mind became the normal 
Exactly. And because it's so extreme now, because in a minute, as, as we know, things are about to flip. That's why these, uh, you know, in, in concert with uh, the shift in our mind, naturally is our physical environment, hence tornadoes and storms and everything that's going on. This is just the start. The volcanoes are starting to you know, activate everywhere. And um, because of the normalization factor is so comprehensive, and we can't imagine in a split mind, first of all, when we split, it means we're splitting from our spirit. And our spirit is the only thing that gives us life. So a, a, synonym, a syn synonymous term to what you're saying is when we fall into the dualistic world, we stop being unified and we turn into a splitness. Us and them, mine, not mine, uh, it's quite literally the birth of ego, right? Exactly. Exactly. That's perfect. The birth, which is it's funny. It so reminds me of the story with um, Fred Siegel, who you know, obviously who he is. And, and uh, who was a mentor Freddie, for you and a dear brother and a guide. Yes. Yes. Freddie, Freddie is, has been my primary, you know, mentor um, apart from my dad, of course, so father is um, from, uh, you know, for probably 20, 25 years. And uh, Freddie, had a stroke and he had a like oh a huge part of his skull taken off because of the swelling and um this was you know a number of years maybe five six seven years ago and so they took the skull off and uh and i was guided not to see him don't see him don't call him because he wants to know where's jim you know go no don't see him because he'll then he'll have an excuse you know, to leave. Okay, now I can go. No, 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 don't see him. And I was guided very carefully by my spirit guides. And so I'm like, come on, I got to see him. Nah, nah, month, two months. Three months. Finally, they had me go ride my bike up to his house at 7, 6, 37 in the morning. And outside, there's a banner, you know, I was saying, welcome home, Freddie. I'm laughing. Oh, okay. And I kind of snuck in the back way down the stairs, you know, out in his bedroom. And the door was open, everything. And there he is all wired up in his, in his, you know, with his body just coming out of the hospital. And he, and he, and I, and I kind of like jiggled so his toe and he goes, he looks up, he goes, oh, he goes, Jim. I go, Freddie, how you doing? <laughs> he goes, oh, I go, now I knew that he was going back to UCLA in two days to have the skull put back on. Okay, which is, you know, kind of a tedious thing and, you know, the physical reality. And so he said to me, I'm leaving my body on Thursday. I said, knowing that he was going to get his thing put on, I says, no, you're not. I said, he said, it looks at me, I said, your ego is dying. You're not. And his eyes got wide. <laughs> and he said, oh, and there was a part of him that was like, Oh shit, I have to stay. <laughs> and you know, he taught me that. You know, he taught me really how to function. The reason he was able to navigate the physical reality with such masterful supremacy. And I've watched him when markets were crashing. I mean, the early part of the, you know, whatever the, the 2000, whatever year it is, I don't know, I'm not linear, but another than the to this century idea when the market just collapsing, you know, and I, and I went over and, and he was um, doing the math. The math was, I said, how are you doing? He goes, ah, shit, because I made 150 grand, you know, by a couple minutes ago. On the market, I just can't stand. I hate selling, you know, 
he sold short. He did the, you know, basically he bet against, you know, in the futures. And so he doesn't like to energetically do that. He doesn't, doesn't do nonprofit because he'll be, everything is for profit, but redefine it. It's for the profit of everybody. Make as much as you can and give as much. And God knows what he facilitated. People don't know, but, you know, this was a man who was friends with Gorbachev, the Dalai Lama, lots of people, uh, because he was the center because of his math because he always knew there was one unified field and we were split and he knew it and he was very clear on it and he was no nonsense about it and he didn't care what people thought about him because that skewed math the minute you care oh i hope they like me then what, what does that mean you're then you then you've spent your energy of your mathematical grid all of our mathematical grids are to be a prismatic assistance to this world whatever it is each of us have a full mathematical grid that when we are fully embodied and all that takes is the breath as you know you know because you know your path i love your path you know your path is so fun and exciting to me and and you know in, in tandem with with uh with tez it just it just tickles me so because the math it's mathematical interleave and each of these equations that we have in our our individual math interleaves with everybody around us. The trick is in the split, there's always that thing to go eh, and stick, stick. So the math doesn't work. The math doesn't work. That's what the split mind does. Because the unified mind is like, I don't know what came to me this morning. I took a walk like early before, just as the sun's coming up. Or, and and I, I just, I, I was shown like mathematical like equations of the body, you know, and the body is like that our bodies always want to stay, always move to health. It's our mind that takes them to disease. It's them because the, our math is so perfect that our bodies will always, we, we could, that's why Methuselah was 900 years. Of course, you're, you're supposed to be here a long time because you don't have the, go ahead. Which is a sign of the times because now so many are looking for others to take care of their bodies because they are only really identified as their mind. Yeah. So their split has, <clears throat> got so thick or or the gap has got so wide that then you need to you need someone else's permission to put a medicine in or you need someone else's guidance to put a you know right. what you think is a is it going to help you in a sickness and you don't even know what the sickness is so you're like oh well they seem to know and it's exactly. this um it's this big split of the the herd is um you mentioned something you know you started to talk about fred and like you know he was the center and we've talked about different individuals that have that math. And I've told you a lot about being so close to Ted and look, that's beautiful when it happens and you and I be able to talk about this, but the reality is, is that most of our brothers and sisters and reflections look to that as inspiring, but don't experience it super often. Right. What, what do you, uh, how, what language do you put to that as, uh, one more thing, addendum, uh, you know, I mentioned last night, I was talking about Tetris and you said, what's that? That's just great. You know, but it's the game, right? It's a game where geometry clicks in, which couldn't sound more accurately describing what math is. Geometry clicks in and it fits in puzzle pieces. So having some that don't know and then having others that know, it's perfect because they're meant to be together. Exactly. But I mean, imagine anybody listening to this, you know, who who is intrigued by, spirituality who's intrigued by alignment and clicks on podcasts clicks on self-help books 
because it's magnetized there. That soul essence is magnetized to that unification. What is it to be in the center who, to be the one and to be, yeah. What is that that you pointed at Fred being, what is that? That's a good question. What that is, is knowing that you are not the one. <laughs> I mean, that you, that you are of the one and that you, you are letting your ego go. So you're not in interference and you're bi not biasing in any way whatsoever. So if someone walks in, this person murdered 16 people, that one did this, this one, and this one is a good citizen. And you sit there and you treat each of them exactly the same. Because the mind wants to reference social hierarchy and then place a value on good and bad. And that all lives in the mind, you're saying? All of it in the mind. And the more you live in the mind, the more split you really are. You completely split. Because then you're no longer having the experience. It's like, you know... Uh, uh, we see, we hear a bird sing. We go, oh my God, that bird song is incredible. And we see the bird. We go, wow, look at that feather. And then what happens is, and this is what Freddie would always talk about. He'd say, the thing that destroys life is narration. Destroys well, we, it. When we talk about trauma and the pain body, we often describe it as that's that narrative in the mind that's causing you to think that this is happening when that's, it's not, it is what it is how you're narrating it is causing the pain to amplify. Exactly, exactly. And so what happens is, is, is the, the split mind goes, oh, what kind of bird is it? Oh, let me check. And you're no longer with the bird. You're no longer seeing the bird. You're looking for a mind label to point at the experience of what is really the bird. Exactly. And all that is, is a fear of sustained intimacy. I was about to say that connection, uh, can be so intense, which is really what these psychedelics, the mushrooms, the plants, they bring us into this, oh, the awe, that awe, that orgasmic, oh my God, it is, oh my God. It's a, that's a good response, oh my God, because it's so amazing. But the mind says, you know, the first, I love talking about it in how many steps removed. So the first thing is, oh, that's the first thing. And then the second thing is, oh, I gotta check my phone, what's that called? Right. And the right. third thing is, Oh my God, I, I got to tell Susan about this. Right. They're now, they're, they're how many steps removed are most, especially because of the digital. Yeah, you know, that's a really um, uh, accurate and very important um, step that you've just articulated because what that says is that, what that says in the split, this is really important, Rocco. Uh, this is great. That's a great equation because what it says is that, A, here's the experience too. The split mind will go, oh my God, stop from the intimacy, it's more than I can handle. And then the third one is corroborate this reality, corroborate this reality, am I real? Is this real? What's going on? Corroborate this. And that's, that's so brilliant that you, that's what I gotta call and tell Susan, that says it all. Oh my God, I'm having so much fun. There's a billboard, I gotta call and tell Susan. <laughs> is this really happening? Right, Susan knows it's happening. And so for every moment, the split mind, instead of going with the intimacy and simply going into and going, wow, bird, I love you. If you, whatever you are, pajaro, there's any, it doesn't matter language, creature, spirit who is singing to me, thank you and sing back. Okay, beautiful segue here because although yes, to realize you are the one is to really say, I'm not the one. And that's this beautiful paradox to play with. However, true art, okay, let's talk, let's segue this into now embodied artistry because if you're really in the art like this beautiful thing behind you is a collaboration between you and your beloved correct 
Yes. These other creations that you've been, which I, I don't know if we have, uh, if it if it harmonizes to do so, but I think it's very interesting that you were Jim Klein and then you had an experience and you you you, I, I look at it as a flower is the flower and then a new bud happens, a new budding. This is for me what happened to the whole moon thing. I was Rocco Nugent. Yeah. That's all yeah. that I had, yeah. and something happened, and a, a moon showed, me, <gasps> and this whole flowering happened so yeah. as an artist fred's an interesting thing ted i mean bell and i were just up there with ted and this guy you know what i mean whether it's a whether it's a gun in his hand or talking about the you know the consciousness of things that do work or don't work or he's signing his hat i mean this guy's a laser beam <laughs> and nothing exists anywhere else it's no. here it's and it's so present and it's fun and then there's intense but it's all here and it's it reminds me and then hearing bells just presses like precious laughter of like in the background, I'm like, man, it's true. This guy's a, this guy's a freaking rare cookie, man. Yeah. So segueing that back into the, and then Malachite, right? A puppy, a dog, a kid. They're they're in this all the time, yeah. and so artistry is really like, if you live in the tell Susan frequency, mm -hmm. you can't ever really create. You're you're like replicating. Yes, you're never going to feel God's love as an expression of creation because you're it, before you can express it, you're thinking about how others will feel or see or look and perceive the expressions. You'll never exactly. express. Exactly. And so What's actually in that, that's a good point. Excuse me. But do you yeah. say we'll use the word God, but I say is I use it, you know, I mean, G.O.D. is guiding our destiny, the energy field guiding our destiny. And what happens is in that moment is instead of staying with God, staying with the energy of love guiding our destiny in every moment, we leave it because we don't trust that that's actually what's happening. Oh my God, this is really happening because the ego will say, okay, no, the, it cuts us. The ego's job is to cut us off from spirit. Which as far as I can tell, what you just described is the whole biblical allegory in a half a second. And it happens every day, all day long to most people and they don't fall from heaven and then they live their life. They fall from heaven every few moments because, yeah, yeah. because the ego cuts, the ego cuts and creates that, that width, creates that distance between, okay, this is a great segue too. us and let's, it is God, father, what's up with all the man? There's a man up there, but where's the, where's the divine feminine? What, what's up with all this? Well, so, um, well, that's a good point. Okay. That's a really good, that's a question I've asked my whole life. And it's why, why anytime I've said he, God, I thought, what the hell? It's something didn't seem right to me about it. And just recently, I would say, I mean, recently, the past couple of days, it's like there's been that aspect of like understanding. It's like, okay, what's the deal here? All the genderfication, genderfication of creation. And what, 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 what comes to me is this, is that Krishna is the energy field, appears in lots of different ways, is that actually Krishna means, um, Krishna means love. That's what Krishna means. Okay? Which Christ so however, means love as well. Right. So however it forms, Christ consciousness, Krishna consciousness, it's all the same, it's the consciousness of love. And so anytime we move away from our center, okay, meaning moving to our minds, then we immediately ascribe 
uh, gender and blame because the women blame the men, the men blame the women. And now it's more than anything that any man and woman can share space and time in the same room is <laughs> anybody, no matter. It's not a matter of lack of love. We all love, I mean, crazy about each other, but it, it's just what's happening is because the the male the male math and the female math have gotten in the split mind so mixed up um that's why all this all these gender um confusions and issues is about uh, and hyper hyper identification within the gender and not spirit exactly exactly that's all there is and so the question you asked those uh because that was circuitous you asked something very specific well i got i got a new baton well i i I trust it'll get us back into the thing uh I was I wrote this song, which I didn't write it, it just flowed through, but it uh it said there's no such thing as away from. Um ain't no it says that something like it ain't no such thing as uh stepping back or something like that. Something along the extent of like, oh, you think you can pause, you think you can wait? There is no waiting. Right. All it does is it adds away from energy as your emanation signal. So it's like uh the idea of moving away from versus moving towards. There's only towards it's right. it is circular and it is uh, multi-directional, omnidirectional. It's not it's not uh, not it's Latin. quantum. That's what quantum is. It's quantum, and and that's and that's how our souls' effulgence, emanation, genuinely expresses in the quantum field. Exactly. And so to think that you know this is what procrastination is on a quantum level. There is no procrastination. You're just saying no. No, he's saying no to the moment. You're just saying no <laughs> to the now. That's how your your forward signal is backwards energy. Yes, exactly. That's a really good point. <laughs> and you know that one of Freddie's uh, uh, kind of obsessions throughout his life was changing the vernacular. These are the these are the whole vocabulary. We have to change everything. We have to I change. When you, I remember you really leaned into me about the whole when we were talking about filming and shooting. You're like, enough with the shooting. I was like, makes sense. <laughs> um and and then this hyper gentrification and genderfication and it's creating a deeper gap between the soul self and then you mentioned krishna and i've had this moment now several times especially with uh bless her heart my mom shemaine but you know i use any kind of yoga words and i kind of see this little mini cringe but for me i i know krishna is christ i know christ is krishna it's the same mathematics for me it's like we have a christian's not jesus it's like ah uh, you're kind of <laughs> you're kind of looking at the wrong thing here it it is and yes i understood that it isn't um but you're 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 looking in the world of duality and you're hyper emphasizing the little minute differences and stuff but um, when someone's really embodied in their, their prismatic mathematics, which prism, I would say that your soul's electromagnetic structure is like a prism. The crystal that that prism is akin to is the Christ and is Krishna. Mm-hmm. So that which no one can get to the father except through me, that me is the crystal prism. It is the Christ. And when someone's that's really... Yeah, that's, that's a really good way to put it, actually. That's a good way to put it. Blessed. And when someone's really in, in connection with that and really embodying that and whether they identify as it or they identify as, when they're in it and they're in their, we call it zero point. When there's zero point, when you and Iris are painting or when you're creating or sculpting, um, 
that to me is zero point God consciousness, love consciousness, yeah. unity awareness. They're yeah. not separate from the art. They right. are literally, they're woven into it. Exactly. And it's a different bandwidth of consciousness that, I mean, it is, you ever, you ever seen in, um, I was going to say, it's a different bandwidth of consciousness that I sense that it's the genuine majority of humanity looks at as if it's this fairy tale, but it's, it's under, the, it's right under their nose kind of thing. Um, yeah. yeah. It, it, it's, uh, it's, it reminds me of this um, science experiment from like middle school or whatever, where, you know, you got like a beaker and you pour the, the water in, you pour uh, maple syrup, you pour, you pour these different uh, liquids and soda, whatever. And then they on their own, land in different places in the beaker because they have different density exactly. some are more soluble exactly um some are uh heavier and denser and they just sink to the a specific place and they match up against it and that's that coagulation and so we haven't really talked much about um the law of one i know that you you've had your firsthand experiences and then I'll mention like a text to you or, or a game like Tetris and you're like, what's that? And I think it's great. I think it's part of your frameworks, like genius frequency that you, you, you can't be linear and read a book or know what time it is. Or like, I think these are part of what has happened to you in a good way. Um, but part, part of what really has helped my uh, understanding and ability to articulate it from a space of knowingness is the understanding of the densities. I mean, it's as, it's as real as like, yeah, that's wood. And then this is air, like that's air. And then you have to keep correlating it to, to this physical reality. So the material based mind can, can, can comprehend it and yeah. step, step it gently in by giving a spoonful of spirit spoonful. We're actually stepping, we're actually stepping the math, our own math, Okay, we have to step our own math, math, because we're all concretized into this. Oh shit, where are my keys? <laughs> and you know, it's like Freddie said to me years ago when I said, "How's this going to work?" He said, "What?" I said, "How's this going to work? How we? How's peace going to? How's peace going to come to this planet? All the people who are supposed to be making peace are going out and do, you know they're buying this and houses and doing stuff. All the people who are in the position to do it, all the people who profess how." And he said, "You got to sell it." He said, you got to sell me. I'm like, what? I, I said to him, what? He says, yeah, you got to sell me. Now, <laughs> I thought, holy mackerel. And then, you know, I went away, came back. I didn't see Freddie for a couple of years. I didn't see anybody. And, you know, we just continued the conversation. And I understood completely what he meant, because what he was saying to me is, you're from a different matrix. You don't have linearity. Okay, you have math. No one's, it's listen, it's not any easier for nobody, no matter what. Nobody in this planet has it any easier or harder than anyone else. Nobody's better or worse than anybody else. Everybody just has their experience. And you know, this interesting when you're talking about the embodiment of the art, because just the other day I was talking to Iris about it, and you know, in terms of our art in this, actually the embodiment. And I said, you know what, what amazes me? I said, I love like watching you paint. I love your process. I love painting with you. I learned so much. You know, I mean, she's such an, an has such an astonishing facility and vision. I said the thing is, is, is for me, is I've always been an automatic creator. 
So I don't even remember painting. I remember the feeling, but I've painted thousands and thousands of paintings, you know, lots of spirit paintings. And, and I don't, I don't remember as soon as it's done and there's an electrical charge, I go, whoa, you know, I look at it and I go, oh, geez, did I just paint that? I have, and it's, I really don't, I don't have any memory of it. I do have memory painting with Iris. I said, what's amazing to you, to me, Iris, is that for me, your, what you do is so much, you know, I mean, it's impressive, you know, to me, it's so, it's so impressive because you are actually, you're actually, you know, like dealing with the physical reality and, and, and molding it onto the page and the frame, you're molding it in where I'm just bringing spirit in and it ends up on the page and people go, whoa, what is that? I go, right, exactly. But for me, it's like, I look at your, what you do and I think, wow, it's unbelievable that you can actually grapple with the physical reality and put it into the page. So there's different. So now creating together. And when we first started creating together, we did these massive paintings, uh, you know, four by six foot paintings on sheet metal, you know, and, and uh, oil and she on, and it was like, whoa, the complete embodiment of one. Okay. And the paintings were just holy mackerel. And then after maybe like the third session, oh, and then, then it came in, you know, then it's like, Iris would put a mark down. I'm like, what the, what are you doing? <laughs> You're not even paying attention. <laughs> Cause she'd be looking the other way and she put a mark down. Of course it was that mark. That's what we, I said the other day. So there, we were talking about this large painting. I said, it's hysterical. That large painting, actually, it was that mark that I found so, I, it was so reprehensible that you could have looked away and been nonchalant and just made them. And that's the mark, actually, that changed the whole course of the painting and moved it into what it was. And so, you know, the, the deal is, is I saw, wow, okay, it's like, this is a mathematical interleave and a dance and all we're doing is we're learning how to be zero point with our own math so that when we then we can effectively and harmonically interleave with everyone else's around us. And that's what's happening. I, I hear this beautiful paradox place happening because it's like the zero point of of reverence, of reverential action of like, I'm going to put this mark here mm -hmm. and then the reverence of irreverence or or the reverence of playfulness and like the perfectness of a kid just being like i don't know and or even you know uh what they would call mindlessness or or unconscious but it's like in in certain framework i think framework and containers uh, kind of, you know, because someone could also commit murder and be unconscious of it. And that's a mindless action that might be just, you know, fueled by this anger, but you're talking about actions coming from a beautiful, you know, uh, two modern artists, like obviously, you know, at a level of well-being to be able to create, not to stabilize well-being, but like then amplify well-being in a creation. And then mindlessness there has a kind of, I talk about drunken boxing a lot, as a, as a very high form of art, it's not easy to, to, to choose to not be in control. You're mm -hmm. controlling not being in control. It's a, it's yeah. a, it's a very paradoxical poetry. Yeah. Um, and some people need, you know, medicines to stabilize that state. Some people, you know, end up finding it with their own bioelectric signal as it, and it becomes their, it, it becomes their zero point. And I think this is where great, Great. I think this is where greatness comes. I mean, obviously, but potentially other ways to talk about it, but 
I, you know, growing up with under Ted, I'm like, what is he doing? And then I see people cry to him. I see, you know, the crowd and I'm, I'm watching what's the difference between him and another person. Why is, why is he so special? It brought me to tears yelling at him. I was like, you don't get it, man. You know, I'm trying to get him to like, you don't get it. You don't, you don't understand. You're not normal. And, and this was also part of my freeing of that latent energy, that dormant energy that I had suppressed because it was freaking confusing. You know, third grade, a kid walked up to me. He's like, hey, my dad gave this to me to give to you and ask your dad if you can sign it. And I was like, oh, okay. And I go home and I'm like, hey, dad, my friend wants you, his dad wants, can you sign this? I remember that was one of the strangest transactions of my childhood. What did your dad say? That's the thing that I liked him. He said, are you, a fr- is he a friend? That's all he cared, that's his first thing. But, at, you know, he, I think he, at some point he, well, obviously at some point he, but. I love I that. Think, he said, is I he can, a friend? Is it first impulse? Isn't that interesting? That's beautiful. Yeah, because yeah, he knows cool. the, he knows there's value for sure. But who's asking this? You know, who, who is this? I think that was, that was the imprint that was left on me. But I remember that being this transaction that it was one of those moments that I would say led to my awakening, which is like, well, who am I? What is me? What is the I? And then where does value come from? And what is it that doesn't want to create on their own, but just wants to be nearby Mm -hmm. something else that has embodied that. And we we're kind of swirling around the idea of zero point and embodied, you know, this is also, I would call crystallinity. Someone's crystalline. You're, you're an artist, you're Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan on the basketball court. It's, it's living poetry. It's, it's crystalline in that particular, maybe they're, you know, maybe they gamble and they're not emotionally intelligent with their fiance, whatever, but on the basketball court, there's a zero point happening there. Um, and then we're, we're kind of talking about, well, that's that, but then, well, then what the hell is the rest of this? What is the rest of that stuff? And uh, it got mentioned briefly, we kind of skimmed through it. But in, in this lower density, which I would give the word third density, in the lower section of third density, which is Manipura, yellow chakra, primary source of identification is being an individual body amongst the collective group of the people. And you're not uh, someone that isn't that bandwidth of consciousness, isn't super elevated into heart consciousness, which is all about, which is Jesus's real guidance. And Jesus is trying to get everyone into heart consciousness, fourth ray, heart centered. And so when you're in heart centered consciousness, you can't not unify with anything you become attention, you become attentive to, you attend to it. but that lower band with the third density, I think that was something I studied as a kid without knowing it. But I was like, I was confused as shit. What, what is happening? What is Ted doing that everyone finds so magical? So uh, give you the baton with this. At what point did you start in your journey noticing? Or I mean, maybe it popped for you. I, I'd like to hear how it happened. I mean, to whatever it, it gives you, though. Um, as a baton question, so many are in this, it's literally social competition for whose struggle is most difficult. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like a comparison, yeah. not for thriving. It's a comparison yeah. for whose struggle has been most yeah. hard. Yeah. The hero, it's called, it's called the hero victim. 
So Holy at what that's that's a great term. At did was there a transition? And you mentioned spirit guides. I mean, I would love to hear your definition of spirit guides. And when you're when did you have a transition where your younger years at any point vividly different into a new style of embodiment? Um Um, no, not yes and no. I mean, the thing is, is I started meditating when I was 14. You know, I, we lived on a farm. I had, we had animals. I had a, my own horse and drive it right out every day. So I was communing with it. I had a pet pig. I'd go and lie down with her and kiss her belly. She's 500 pounds and she, uh, 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 she'd grunt. And, you know, I mean, it was like, for me, it was all communing with nature and I was doing transcendental meditation at 14. So twice a day. And so, and how did that come to you? You had, you had parents or friends or someone introduced you or you, you found know, it. It was, it was my cousin, Jimmy K who was just everybody's favorite. You know, he was, he lived in Scarsdale. He had six kids in Scarsdale, New York. They were wealthy, you know, and, and he was, they were so lawless. They were so lawless. And he was like, he was gorgeous. Everyone just loved him. He was tears all over. He was physically fit. He was ripped. He would, he was just lawless. I mean, he was, he, he smiled at you and every, you couldn't resist him. I mean, it was a, and whatever it was, let's do this. Let's, let's turn this car over. Let's, it wasn't anything that would hurt anybody ultimately, but it would break patterns, you know? And so a disruptor. Is disruptor. And so, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy uh, got kicked out of pretty much every private academy they sent him to. And, and then I, I heard he was two years old. And I heard that Jimmy's doing transcendental meditation. I'm like, what, really? And my mother's told me and I said, and she said, you want to do it? Um, she said, I'll do it with you. I'm like, sure, why not? And so we went and took the four day class with my grandmother, my dad's mother. Wow. And it was four days, you know, of, and it was really incredible. So just the education of the mind. And, you know, I'm listening, thinking, you know, and I was raised to be a skeptic of everything, anything. Don't go along with anything that is not true. I mean, in first grade, I pledge allegiance to the flag. I just put my hand down. Very kindly. Don't make a stink about it. Just put your hand down. Pledge allegiance to a flag. And I heard everyone go, no, nah, these days of America. Nah, nah, nah. I thought, what? I'm five years old, you know. I thought this doesn't make any sense whatsoever vibrationally. So I just, I didn't, I didn't cause a stink about it. Teacher said nothing, but I'm not going along with that one, you know, and um, cause it was immediate separate. It was separate, you know, and I was taught, you know, antithetically to that. I mean, my parents are really, they're something, you know, they're, they're very much like, you know, in a way like Ted and Shemaine's role with you, except my mother's like Barbara Stanwyck, you know, and she's a whole other, you know, hold you know, the shotgun and the whole thing. <laughs> I don't know who and, Barbara Stanbrook is, but I can feel her. She's a great, you know, tough, you know, she was the tough, you know, mother with a gun, you know, and, the, and oh. the, you know, and the, all the Westerns. And, um, and, uh, you know, we get exactly what we need. I think really the key is everything is functional, functional Jesus, functional Krishna, functional Buddhist, functional everything. If it's not functional, it's just a word. It's like Freddie would say, listen, when people say I love you, it's 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 nonsense 99% of the time because the, what they want is they want I love you back. And that's a, one of the first things he said when I met him. He was like I said, "Wow, this guy I like this guy." It's like no bullshit, you know. And he said, "You know, just be very clear on it." He said everything got all mixed up, you know, but don't accept things that aren't real on that level. I love you. You're getting that. You just say, say to them, you're saying that to elicit the same response back. 
you know it's a social belonging transactional exchange it's not actually heart based at all exactly which is what this is going on which is which is what's going on now one of the one of the most important things that he's told me freddie and was he said all that's happening as i went back to him again maybe this is maybe like four years ago i said freddie i said what what is going what's going on what is really going on here in the consciousness what's going he says all this is all that's going on he says right now thought is coming from the head and thought is moving down and all thoughts will come out of the heart period nothing else he said it is moving down there's nothing anyone can do to stop it you can't control it he said this is what's happening so each one of us are going at this point, it's moving very fast because what's happening is it's moving down to our heart. The resistance is so great with those who are in their mind that they are falling apart, literally. And so, you know, the math of it is we create everything to happen. Nothing happens to us. Everything happens with us and for us. And so all this thing, Bill Gates is trying to kill us and Doc Fauci and look, here's the proof. And I like well, we created bill and we created fauci we created all this it's like people smoking cigarettes going he's trying to kill me <laughs> let's let's let, let's zoom into that so i mean how does unity consciousness comprehend the whole covid situation okay so you always pick up my father would always say bigger picture bigger picture anytime i was concerned about anything he said bigger picture there's a bigger picture bigger picture consider the source and so if you go to the bigger picture of this instead of vilifying anyone you see okay here's a a species the humans okay idea here are the humans who have mostly lost their connection to spirit this is the game this, this is known we're moving into a material said so x amount will um, you know, will embody spirit while in form, and most will not. And it doesn't no one stays anyway. This is just a just a train stop essentially. This is one experience. The multiverse. That's the hardest thing for us to to understand. And so what happens is is when we get this out of hand, because the humans won't stop consuming. I mean, the, the minute you say, listen, there's glyphosate or this is that, or that's going to kill you, or this is going to do that, or you're putting stuff in your hair and you still do it. I know, but I like the taste. It's only me. You know, I'm just going to use this, a paper plate. So what, throw it away because so the humans will not stop consuming. And because of the place we are in the story, the earth will be suffocated. If we, if, if, if the humans weren't depopulated, mostly depopulated, most of the humans, if most of them weren't gone, we wouldn't be here. Nothing would be here in a year. Nothing at all. Nothing would exist. Okay. And so there has to be those people who are seeing as evil who are impulse to go, we got to get rid of that. Get rid of me too. Get rid of all these people. We're going to be resurged anyway. I mean, this thing in order to save this consciousness, in order to save this world idea. And so they have to, in their ego split mind, they have to believe it's up to them to take out as many people as possible. Now it's still source guided because 97% of the planet, and that's the number, 97% of the human population has got to go fast just because of the way the earth is moving, you know? And you can see how quickly things regenerated. I mean, it's all a metaphor. Corona is the crown virus, the crown chakra, you know, I mean, it's all created, you know, viruses in our mind, you know I mean? All this is in our mind and, um, you know, I mean, once we move into a mind and realize we can heal everything simultaneously, you know, we still have to have it right now, the physical manifestation. Okay, we have robots. Oh my God, robots are taking over. Well, wait a minute. W aren't, isn't everyone become robots? You're not, did you smell that flower? When, what flower? You just passed it. It's right, 
next to you. Oh, I didn't say, whoa, that was neat. Did you see that? You made that tree right there when you picked that fruit? What? Oh, how long has that been going in there? That's, it's filled with, oh my God, it's filled with fruit right in front of your house. Taste it. Whoa, can I eat it? Literally, I've had these conversations with people. Can I eat it? Yeah, taste it. Oh my God, you kidding me? Yeah, this is right in front of your house. That's how extreme it is, you know? Yeah. And so because of that, you can see we've become robots. So we then we create robots to replace us because we don't need to be here if we're not smelling the flowers. The robots are far more efficient. And they will ultimately, they're, they're a manifestation, manifestation of us. So, oh my God, the artificial reality is taking over. So interesting. I don't know if you saw the other day, Elon uh, Musk was talking about his concern about artificial, what's happening with artificial intelligence. He's really concerned. Yeah. And you can see he's like, he's a little rattled now. And he's staying calm, but he's rattled because he understands that the, it is Frankenstein essentially. And knowing that, wow, these artificial intelligence, these robots, literally they were programmed then to no longer listen to the programmer. That's how they were programmed. They were programming to take over idea. However, as the consciousness has created, we have created this, they will take over those who are not 100% prismatically themselves. Because if we're not 100% and we have to call Susan to corroborate the reality of this moment, then we will not be here in this reality. We'll move to another grid. That's all. I've, no I've, me I've mentioned to you uh, Ayn Rand and yes. her, and her uh, incredible mathematics in her term, the fountainhead. You know, there are only so many fountainheads. And if you're talking about 97%, there's not many fountainheads who, who yeah. actually are a mouth of the river of source into this yeah. world, in this domain. So how many a percentage? It sounds like 97. Who knows? That's what Blade Runner is really about. You can't tell the replicants from the humans anymore. Right. Uh, we, can't, we can't now. We can't tell. We can't, you cannot tell. I mean, that's the idea. The COVID thing is very important because it had to, we needed something to reflect. Okay, what is going to reflect how afraid we are? Well, how many people put the masks on immediately? Okay, it's not anyone's fault. It's just, this is what, okay, okay, know that you put the mask on immediately, even though you have the information, technical information to show that that mask does nothing at all. That's why you can cover it with a handkerchief or anything, as long as your face is covered idea, is to see how far, and it was constructed by people who were involved in advertising and, and you know, highly aware of, of, uh, of the human, can I say, matrix of how it functions with material. Okay, and the fear of how it's a relationship, whatever. And so all this is manipulated by that aspect of ourselves, of those who have been created, yeah, to then use all that, okay, against us as we're using it against ourselves. You yes. cannot be hypnotized without your allo allowance. Uh, consent. Consent, thank you. What, what's the interleave in your framework between antichrist and anti-function well anti-anything is the same but but saying okay if we're our soul self and then this anything should be functional if we're going to use it but then like the mask and like okay covid shows up really as a mirror of how ignorant and disconnected everybody is anyway so it's like yeah. okay here's an excuse to just be ridiculously incoherent with what actually makes sense yeah, yeah but you put it on okay but yeah then once you get to your table you take it off okay but yeah but then if you have the shot but then you might infect but then if you have the boost and then but you still might give and it's like okay Mind. it's a perfect mirror for how yeah. insane everything's already gotten yeah. anyway. 
Exactly. So, so the Christ, the Krishna, the crystal prism, soul, self, effulgence, and emanation of the divine infinite is in perfect coherence with reality because it's functional. Yes. The table's a good table because I put stuff on it. I'm a person and I'm living my life. And if I, uh, Ted loves to talk about, you know, he's like, uh, oh man, I'm forgetting the exact way he describes it. But he's like, you know, people want to complain about it. It's like, I don't know. Every time I do this, my gums are just bleeding. And he's like, well, yeah, maybe because it's a glass sandwich. Maybe <laughs> stop eating the glass sandwich. <laughs> I don't know why my gums are bleeding. But so, so, okay. And then, you know, Ted, maybe not as like esoteric and yogic in the framework as you know, occult terms and stuff like that as, as you and I maybe, but he, he hates non-functional stuff. You know, he's like a, a button on the computer. He's like, what is this? I didn't tell, you know, Siri, I didn't say that. You know, he gets, he erupts at like non-function. Dysfunction is just incoherent in his system. Right, no, he wants to move his fingers and, and play the, this note, boom. He wants the truck to do this, boom. You know, right. the gun should fire when I pull the trigger. If it doesn't, something's broken. Let's fix it. Great. Now I can go to sleep. Exactly. Next day, improve my scenario again. Next day, exactly. improve my scenario again. To me, exactly. that's what I've seen as, look, Ted's probably not going to call it Christ consciousness, but it's functional consciousness. Yes. So, so the question is a reframe again as a catapult. Well, well then what the, what the hell is the rest of this? It's anti-function. It's like we have turned yes. into, I mean, quite literally, it's the gold calf, Moses hold the whole story. It's like, where we come down and we look at this collective and most are, most are worshiping dysfunction. Yeah. And it's, and it's social belonging. That's part of the, part of the momentum into it for them, but it's also running away from what's actually part of their growth because even in their nearby social scenarios and family scenarios, growth is actually tacky growth yeah. is, you know, you're changing. You're not yeah, like yeah. who you used to be. Yeah. Um. <laughs> That's so funny, isn't it? That's an hysterical. Talk about a billboard, you know. You just put these billboards everywhere just to, you know, flip the mind because it's nobody's fault. That's the deal. This is nobody's fault. It's a program. We were shown, okay, here's the deal. The important thing to understand is what happens here. What happens here affects where we go. Okay, and so because the, the holographic, which is basically us without the particles that we're just we're always magnetizing and demagnetizing particles every we're never the same anyway. And so we just when we leave this this matrix, we just demagnetize the particles, nothing our energy our thought, you know, we just take completely clear we don't have to worry about anything now, now we can help because we had an experience in this physical reality. So now like brother Jeff, my brother Jeff, Jeff Klein, who was in just an incredible, you know, human in his body. One of your and primary he, spirit guides. Yeah. And, you know, we with like twin energies. We actually were two years apart, but we looked, um, we looked, sometimes I look at him and I go, is that me? And he'd do the same thing. And it was funny because growing up, people would go, when we were in high school, uh, people, my friends would go up to him and say, hey, Jim, you know, then talk to him, talk to him. And, and his friends would come to me, hey, Jeff, by the way, da, da, da. and I'm thinking, what, do we look that much alike? And we'd see each other. And over the years, we'd say, does this still happen to you? He goes, yeah. I said, people would, we introduce ourselves. I go, hi, I'm Jim. And they go, Jeff, nice to meet you. I go, 
no, Jim. And they do the same thing with him. He'd say, I'm Jeff. And they go, Jim, nice to meet you. Never knowing that they had a brother named Jim or Jeff. It was so interesting. So when he left his body and, you know, understand he was at the, the top idea of the physical reality in, in, I'd say the role of bridging spirit into consciousness and physical reality. He, he was at the forefront of, of capital consciousness, a capital, what's it called? Like entrepreneurial conscious capital, yeah, yeah, uh, capitalism, yeah. new, yeah. new kind of, yeah. Yeah. He wrote a book called working for good, you know, it was and, one did, of the first. And, and he did a Ted talk. He did a TED talk, Jeff Klein, Conscious Capitalism. That's what it is. And he's brilliant. And he's he's just, he's a beautiful being. And he's just an incredible brother. And, you know, the thing is, is that that was my biggest lesson. And biggest, because when I got the call and I was impulsed to call and, and a very, in, 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 a, in a very specific uh, time and place, and I made the call and it was actually Iris and Janet, my mother-in-law, were in the car and Janet's on the phone going, she said, I have to tell you. And then she says, Jeff's dead. As she's saying Jeff's dead, all I'm hearing is chalk, chalk. I'm like, what? And she, and she goes, chalk, chalk. I'm going, I, chalk, chalk. And I hear Iris in the background, but all, she said, chalk, chalk. That's all I could hear. I'm like, I, I can't seven times. And finally, I said, you have to spell it. <laughs> and she says, your brother, Jeff, is, and as she says, dead, he's in my other ear going, not a tear, brother. I'm right here. And going, holy shit. So I'm hearing your brother, Jeff, is dead. And he's in my ear going, not a tear, brother. I'm going, oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, that's what his whole life work was about, you know, and he knew that he could leave because there would be no break. And literally, it was the first time that that occurred. You know, what I mean, uh, as most of my, you know, relationships, I would say, are out of body um, uh, and very functional. You know, it's not like, oh, it's functional. It's like, OK, this is there. That's there. Here's the food. There's the people. That's what Jesus is about. And so Je Jeff explained to me right away. He said, listen, I'm in the holographic. Here's how it works. He said, first of all, death is a crock of shit. He said, there's no reality in any of it all. He said, it's just an ego construct. He said, you just move into the holographic. There's no break whatsoever. If you do the work, but you got to do the work here. Otherwise, you go into some other matrix. We don't need to talk about that, you know, <laughs> because it's a different matrix. You want to go to the holographic. And that's the idea is you embody Christ consciousness. It doesn't matter that you're necessarily aware of it. Because there are many, many, and most people do just all they think about is, how can I help this one? How can I bring this one? How can I do that one? I want to have that. And it doesn't matter whether they're aware of it. Like Iris's stroke on the page. On the exactly. Page. And like, you know, Iris marvels at my connection. It's challenging. It's challenging for everybody. You know, it's challenging for my family. It's challenging for everyone because it's zero for me. It just is what it is. Why would you do anything that degrades you, that degrades the environment or degrades the world? Why would you do anything by choice? I can't even comprehend it. I never could. And so, but I understand now is that in duality, we're fed a program that is so comprehensive and concretized for us to destroy ourselves first, meaning separate from spirit, and then destroy everyone else around, get everyone else to go along with it. And the trick of it is, 
is a lot of the light beings, because we're all light beings, we're all come from light, you know, a lot of the very expanded light beings, the ones who are designated leaders, are actually the most dualistic. And that's the trick. So they're killing up to just the end, which is what's coming now. And there are a lot of them who are the worst killers and the most cutthroat. I mean, and this is coming to the end. And in the last minute, just before, they're going to get Christ consciousness, Krishna consciousness. They're going to go, holy shit, what of this? That's none of that's real. I love everybody. What am I doing? Flip. And they'll be as fierce because everyone's killing something. There's nobody in duality that's not killing something. I don't mind killing anything, really. Go to every moment. We're killing microbes. We're killing everything. Unconscious. The things we're stepping on. The, you know, the way we're killing ourselves and our pets. With it. Well, you, what cleaning product are you using? Well, well, that. But I, you know, it's like, well, that. Literally, give the chemical makedown is killing your dog. Okay, you're taking ten years off your dog's life. This dog could live to forty. You know, and so, oh my God, my dog. Well, instead of crying about it, that's non-functional. <laughs> you know, regret. Um, all that emotional stuff. And that's the point of stoicism is to, is to be functional. It's not about non-feeling because then the ego turns stoicism, stoicism into non-feeling. I'm not going to feel anything. I'm going to be stoic. So the I, ego- I, I look at stoicism as positive gray, whereas like uh, humdrum uh, is negative gray. So yeah. stoicism is like integrated the gray area between the polarities and, and for the insight that by restricting the movement between those polariz polarizations and potentials, it actually compresses energy. So stoic people are sometimes very intense people. I see yeah. that from Ted sometimes, and he's far from stoic mainly. But someone like Jordan Peterson is often talking about stoicism as very functional. It's like it's a center, it's a centeredness. Yes. Yes. And a lot of the a lot of the kids who are like maybe 20, you know, around that age now, 19 to 20, who come in, they've got a different matrix. This is a, there's maybe crystal, I, I don't know, they call it, there's always a different word for every, every you know, group who comes in. Yeah. But they're, um, someone, they're, they're often perceived as um, autistic or spectrum or whatever, and they're just, and they don't have a lot of emotion in their voice, and they're very analytical and mathematical, and they're fun, you know, because they're zero, they're zero calibrators. And so they're just not going, oh, my God, there's a tree. Oh, my God. Oh, that hurts. They're not responding in that way. They won't do it. They, they weren't because they weren't given that. They weren't given that in their math to have any of that additive or subtractive uh, vernacular. Yeah. Uh, Asperger's and autism for me are both reflections of misunderstood evolutions in the Christos, which Christ is the soul body. And it, therefore, is going to evolve anthropologically and soci sociologically as, as new adaptations of how consciousness shows up as people. Yeah. And, well, then what's all this autism in the past 100 years? How, does, how do these, quote unquote, handicaps fit into the framework of, yeah, but we're, we're inevitably evolving always, right? Well, then, yeah, well, then what's all this hyperactive? Well, what if they're properly active and the rest of it is actually improperly active? And so they're here as this, uh, energetic charge to kind of help stimulate an environment that otherwise is sleeping, you know, sleepwalking. Exactly. Um, I, I see this, uh, I think I've told you about it. It's this hilarious uh, DMT like, you know, pinpoint sticky note on my third eye for this lifetime. I, I've, I don't think there's anybody who's researched Ted as much as I have. And there's this Rolling Stone cover. Uh, he's on it. And it's, you know, it's, it's this weird, um, 
Saturn, the world of the matrix Maya, takes Christ as a fully embodied soul self and sometimes sexualizes it and makes it like, uh, like, um, uh, not just not the words not disturbed, not perturbed, but um, there's a word it makes it means like make younger but weird, like uh, it's well, like these, these says an M. So him on the cross have a sexy guy, mostly naked with nails through his hand. You know right, right. I mean? So it's it's like uh, it's like these faces, like mm, it's, mm. And it's like yeah. on models and like all this pop culture. Yeah. Mm, mm. Yeah. It's like something's yeah. hurting, but it's also slightly weirdly sexual. It's like, what is yeah. these faces? Who's make who's in charge of like the, the choreography? Mm, mm, <laughs> mm. Uh, what, who's, who's designing these faces? But so Ted's on the cover of Rolling Stones, like the 80s, 70s, I don't know. And he's holding a revolver, no shirt on. You can't tell if he's naked or whatever. And the biggest word other than, you know, Rolling Stone is the main title. Uh, I think you know, Ted Nugent, main story is the cover. The, you know, they've got the other little paragraphs about other main stories in the, in the, in the, in the catalog, in the uh, issue. Then the biggest other word is autism. And our blah, 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 blah. And I thought that that was just like, it was like spirit just flicking me and mm-hmm. saying, connect these dots. Yeah, yeah, and, exactly. and that's, and I've been looking at that. And I mean, Bell and I were just up there. And I mean, he's, high, he's, he's the highest functioning person I've ever been around consistently. And, yeah. and if it's not high functioning, it is just incoherent in his field. And it, and it, it deserves, you know, some type of alchemy. And then it does get that. And, and he shifts it. He shifts things into a different matrix pretty quickly and pretty usually without any kind of extra noise. Sometimes there's extra noise and he sometimes turns that into poetry, which for him is like loud distortion, like volcanic bubbles and stuff. But um, there's there's a, a moment, there's two moments that you've told me about your matrix definitely getting shifted into, I call it a timeline, but I also call it a bandwidth. Uh-huh. Um one is you running through the field and the whole thing with like Jesus and like uh, Beth, uh, Beth, and like the whole, that, <laughs> that, that whole wild thing. And it's like the sunrise is coming up and you're just like, yeah. that. And then your experience of waking up in the hospital with like, um, you know, <laughs> but like no memory. Yeah, and I've been, you want me to share that one? Cause I think that's, that's the deal. Okay. So in 2000 and, uh, 10, what year was it that uh those kids were they the royal family kids where they got married and and bin 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 laden was was killed like 2010 i think it was 2010 or i came back in 2010 2012 this was i came back from i was in new york for two years i'd broken my back i was flatbedded to new york my family's farm and i was in manhattan and and um and by design, um, you know, I was, quote, put on the street. <laughs> He's a failure. <laughs> He's got a broken back. He can't do anything now. And Meaning, you know, meaning family rejects and oh, yes, incorporating and you're on your own again. Yeah, exactly. So and you're living in, ho- you're homeless, basically. In the middle of Manhattan in the winter, okay, was put on the street, you know, we healing from a broken back, which was I have no, I didn't have any malice towards them then. I thought, this is great. Because <laughs> who cares? 
<laughs> I mean, the deal is we're spirit guided. It's like, what, this is my house, this is my bed, this is my, all that identification pattern that stops us from having experience. I thought, okay, whatever, this is just another experience. And I was always guided into just the most magnificent, you know, experiences. And then I ended up, I couldn't, I really couldn't lie down or sit for very long at all for like two years because of my spine injury. And um, so I walked the streets of Manhattan at night and the day. And I just, it was great. You know, people were asleep all night. And so I got to really experience a lot of energies. And um, when I came back here, uh, let's see, it was then 2012. I, I mean, to make a long story short, because I'm actually going to be going into this and, and maybe we'll be doing it together, but more extensively, um, because it was the start of a whole journey. I was found on the, on, on the beach um uh face down at sunrise um with uh tibetan clothes uh, you know uh, all these with an ambig buddha and an amulet and a, and a star ruby carved in a merkaba and all these um these uh this and but no no identification nothing and then a bag with a with a, with a pair of a roller blades and a lomi lomi stick from hawaii okay and that's it okay with my you know uh with my uh, tattoos, you know, on, on my wrist, which are one of the crescent moon and the um, the seed of life, and that's the only identification that I had. And so I was found face down in a comatose state, apparently, taken to UCLA Medical uh, by paramedics um, on 15th Street, where I was for a week. And when I came to, you were in a coma. They, well, whatever, comatose state. So yeah, I was in a coma, you know, okay. They say comatose state, whatever that means. Yeah, yeah. Coma, yeah, I was in a coma. Anyway, it doesn't mean anything. It's just how we call whatever altered state. Yeah. You know, it's like someone's in a, you're going to meditation, sit in a corner and they call the fire department. Believe me, I've had it happen. And so on Brent, Brentwood, right? Yeah. And so uh, <laughs> I was in full Lotus, <laughs> the Fred Siegel shirt on, <laughs> called the fire department, five men and fire coming, 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 running up. You kidding me? And they look at me and go, you're meditating? I go, right. And they're like, oh, geez. <laughs> so anyway, so, you know, I'm used to kind of like, I'm used to the reaction that people have towards stillness, towards intimacy. And so I, my hand had to be forced in terms of any identification pattern or a job that I had to do, uh, job that mission, my mission in life and all that kind of stuff. I had to be stripped of it. And so all my memory was taken. But what happened was, is when they, when they, and I opened my eyes and they're all this, this classic, the doctors all around me, like looking at me, you know, going, hello. And I go, hello. <laughs> they said, well, do you know where you are? As well, I know I'm in a hospital. I'm on the rock. Wow. And um, how did you get in? Okay. Um, anyway, excuse me. So um, anyway, the uh, they said, how, "Do you know where you are?" I had no memory. All I saw was blank. You know where the president is? No. Do you know any of that stuff? I didn't know any of it. And, um, and they saw, I wasn't kidding them. I really didn't. I just didn't, my know, you, didn't know your name. Didn't know. No, no. no. So um, I would just see blank. Anytime they asked me, I said, just see white, you know? And they said, what do you remember? I said, oh, what do I remember? I remember um, the sound of the ocean. I remember uh, looking up at the, at the uh, night sky and, and seeing uh, full of stars. 
And I remember looking at the moon and the moon was the same as my as the crescent moon. I looked down, I remember looked up again. And then all of a sudden I looked over at Polaris and then Polaris got huge and brighter and brighter and brighter. I was like, whoa. And then whoom, it, I, was, I was in another density. I had never had that experience except when I was meditating as a kid, the TM brought me into that place where complete awareness, but not, a, not body, any body awareness. And I felt a stream going in the top of my head and a stream going out the side. The stream going out the side of my head was all my identification, who I was, anything like that. And I was going to, going, I felt, oh my God. And I heard a voice say that you, don't, you do not need this. That's your memory. You do not need this at this time. And the top of my head was coming math, just math, equations and Merkabas. And, and it was in a grid of kind of like green LED, you know, feel like a constellation. And it was bathing my brain, literally. And it said, this is the math that's going to be assistive for this, you know, you know to adjudicate the, you know, the math on this planet at this time. I'm like, okay, well, I can handle that. That's great you know and that's what we're here for we're here to assist however so you told the version of that to the doctors i told them this and they were like wow now the funny thing is is that i was there for a week okay i had no id no money no nothing okay the cops came from the head of the police department they, they fingerprint me i can't find me i have nothing no memory of no record of me anywhere nothing so i don't exist okay and they were putting people out, you know, th th who were, you know, oh, I'm just about dead, putting them out. And they kept me there for a week. They were so fascinated. I'm sitting in full Lotus going, what am I, you know, what am I doing here? The sounds, the noise. And I actually watched television to um, kind of re-educate myself on where I am. And I couldn't even believe it. I couldn't believe the way people were talking. I couldn't believe the, the snippiness, the sexual games, the, all this face making. It was like a world of face making. What's going on here? I see bin Laden, they killed him and Obama comes on going, so there's nothing that we Americans can't do. And we put our, or what do you say, to our shoulder, they are going to the grindstone thinking, are you kidding me? Who is this guy? I can't even believe this. Well, you just killed somebody. I thought, what are you, that's your accomplishment. See, we can do anything. You know what I mean? It's like all of that thought, wow, they've completely gone mad. And um, it just gave me the inkling an understanding um, and the line of demarcation that I could not go back in terms of integration, you know? And the next morning uh, I was, I went, I rollerbladed up to what was then the Rose Temple, which was the Krishna Temple in, in Venice Beach. And I uh, looked up, I thought there's Radha Krishna. I said, that rings a bell. And, and I hear a voice saying, welcome time traveler. And one of the guys in there, David Kanandana, who you'll meet, you'll actually probably interview him, he's a genius. He's at the forefront of it. He's like Charlie Bukowski of Krishna consciousness. He's the real deal. And he welcomed me in. He says, he said, you know, he said, would you come in? He said, would you like some breakfast? Welcome time traveler. And it was the first inclination. I said, okay, well, I know. Okay, then I'm a time traveler, which of course I understand what that means now. I didn't understand it then. So, um, and you know, we're, all, we're all from somewhere. Also in the, uh, at least one in one adaptation of that, um account i heard you say one time in in the hospital room didn't you have insight as to certain like the nurse something was happening with her you could feel you you, Everything. you, didn't, you didn't know things about yourself but you knew things about these people that you were nearby you think it's yeah, a, yeah i mean everything everything that came through 
um, everything that came through, whether it was, um, you know, uh, my blood pulse, wherever I was, you know, I would just give her the number, you know, and take her five minutes, you know, to, to hook it all up and, you know, anything, anything it was, and people would, you know, uh, would come in, I have information for them. And, and it was funny, because there was one fellow there who was out to get me, you know, he was like, I know who you are. He came one night, came in at four in the morning and shined a flashlight. I mean, I know who you are. I'm like, <laughs> he's okay. Tell me about myself. He said, tell me that. And I go, and I remember saying, I don't, I'm not, I don't do parlor tricks. <laughs> and he flashes off and he goes out. Well, you know, and, and the last day he was my nurse. So I'm thinking, Oh God, you know, I thought I saw his name up on the board and I thought I'm in trouble now. What's good. You know, he's giving, he was such a, you know, just terror. And, um, and, you know, he, he came to the bottom of the bed. And I thought, okay, look at him, you know, I just see his shape and everything. And he goes, he says, okay, tell me about myself. And something came out about his spine and his issues with it and what he could do to assist. And I could tell you, he had to like stop from crying, you know, and I had to actually emotionally think about seeing his face, you know, it was like realizing that I had no motive. I, I don't know. I had no ulterior motive. You know, I'm not, I mean, that's the thing in duality. It's like, we're always seen as like anybody who is kind of inured to just Christ consciousness to do, to do only assist every, everything is seen as ulterior motives, which that's the way it's supposed to be. So it gives us the challenge of then um, just staying in that. There's nothing else we can do, you know, and it's a challenge for everybody. I mean, everybody has a, everybody's a similar challenge. It's like the transition away from the world that's gross and physical. And I think that's a funny etymological slip of the English language to gross manifestation. It's also, ew, it's gross, but it's gross means like manifested tangibly in the physical density. But when we transition, I do see it as a vertical transition. We're seeing now what was there. I, I remember this happening in my, one of my first bubble pops was I was, uh, when I first started working with ganja and I didn't want to be around other people. I just wanted to write and I just wanted to journal. And I saw this diagram of being in a field with like waist high grass. And I couldn't see things in the field, but I saw there was something up ahead of me, but I couldn't move. But then I turned around and there was this big ladder up to this platform and I could walk up that easy. And it was like a showing me this metaphor of how consciousness worked where I was in the field and I couldn't see what else was in the field. But when I took, you know, the first flight up, I could see a little bit better, but I still couldn't see over there. I couldn't see the geometry in the field. And then when I walked, walk, 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 I was at 40 feet up. Then I could see the actual shape that I was in. It was like a crop circle. It was a geometry, but it was like this, one of my integration moments was like, there is geometry that we're inside of that we can't see from the vantage point of when we identify as the physical density of the body. But as we get more nuanced, that is the initiation process. That is, and everybody, that's why it's one of my passions, as you know, is like to hear about how the light took someone home. The, the, I've heard it called the reclamation. How were you reclaimed? Which, um, you know, now in this, this modern 
lexicon there's talk about repurposing and upcycling and uh you know it's a repurposed uh two by four and now it's a art piece it's like that's the same thing that spirit does with all of us is that the integration process is really the disintegration process the disintegration yeah. of the ego is the integration into spirit the more and more we get integrated into that which i love that word also in to and then great and great is like you know a a gate with raw with a ra radiance in it but also great is something you grate cheese with so it refines and it breaks something down and it slivers it it disassembles it but then also great literally means greatness epicness awesomeness so integration i think is a very interesting word of the ions integration ions of it oh oh actually etymologically um it would now you say that you could see that all those other things are fun and and all related it seems like the integration is the inter gratitude it's mm. once we enter gratitude then mm. we are integrated so that's what actually that probably comes from once we're in a state of grace love that and the more and more we get disassembled from that ego pain body identification mapping system it takes on that gracefulness and yeah. you can't help it you and can. it's and right now we're at the most challenging for everybody there's nobody on this planet that is not challenged to the point that they have never been challenged before in our minds in what because it's it's almost first of all it's almost impossible for men and women to be in the same share in the same space now um men and men are you know only can only share and women and women can only share really true space through intimate communication with the breath you know the breath is key you know the breath the breath is the key to zero all the math all that concretized shape falls apart with the breath but it has to be very specific and it's that three cycle breath of inhaling through the nose with the eyes closed holding that breath and holding that space and then exhaling through the mouth and holding that space out and you repeat that three times with the eyes closed and it puts you into that singular state of consciousness because you can't remember with your eyes closed you don't even you can't even describe the room you're in you don't can't even describe what you look like and that's the key and it's that simple and you know, like that's the that's the fun thing about the consciousness is, is that you know Jesus is simple, you know, Jesus is not complicated. It's like there's the food, there's the people, there's nothing to think about. <laughs> you know, it's like everything and everyone complicated everything. The Buddhists complicated it with compassion. What the hell is compassion? There, there's there's love and there's action. What is compassion? Compassion actually lies in the same. In the same plane as sympathy because you're making a judgment those people need my compassion it's also tricky you know and the thing is the high level whatever that that in itself you know um in itself is a paradox it's like um you know when i remember you know freddie was good friend to the dalai lama and i remember one year he called me up and was talking about his high holiness i said what are you talking about his high holiness his name is tenzin I said, well, and what is all this stuff? I said, you got. I said, he's your friend. He spent spent a month with Freddie on his ranch up at in Malibu for his, years ago, and I said, what what is that? I said, you're just perpetuating a lot of nonsense. I said, first of all, his high holiness, his possessive male pronoun, 
high, creates hierarchy. Holiness, if he's holy, everything else is holy. I said, so no wonder the Chinese come up and rip the Buddhists off the temp off the top. There it goes. He said, I said, tell him. He says, you tell him. <laughs> You'll tell him. I said, that's fine. I don't care who tells him. It doesn't make any difference. It's not his fault. It's a program. But understand is that everyone got programmed. He had to. The Dalai Lama had to play that part because he was still in duality. He's eating meat, you know, because he's, you know, he likes the taste, whatever. You know, I mean, all this. He has to. He has to, to show that he's a human in duality. It's not his fault, you know, but that's a program. Everyone has to have the program. Listen, we all get, you know, we all get pissed about things like that. Well, there you go. Now you stepped out of Christ consciousness. Yes, every single one of us by design. So we have empathy for everyone else. How this is a really challenging matrix. It is. It is like the place where all of the multiverse, they go, oh, geez, did you do Earth? Yeah. <laughs> How many tours? <laughs> it's the same thing. I had 900 lives. Holy shit, you're kidding me. How is that? It's, well, you know, I mean, it all ends up great, of course, but wow. Oh, man. <laughs> of course, all you remember is the good times and you laugh about all that stuff. You know, you laugh about the area, you cut his head off, I cut my head off, because that's not, we're not even in our bodies. And we're just coming out of this matrix now. That's what's happening. And so it's fighting tooth and nail to destroy itself because that's, it's, that's what its role is. You know, here's paradise. Can we briefly put a lens on, so we are transitioning out of an old paradigm that has old framework, that is an old system. It's like an old iOS update. It's, the update is it's happening. Call it Aquarius, call it end of this yuga, whatever, but it's definitely happening. One of the ways, and we mentioned it briefly last night when we spoke, uh, one of the ways that that's happening in the more dense aspects of reality is this hyper-identification with non-binary gender identification. Any, any what, what is the math that you see in, in that world? Because it's obviously kind of a, you could say that there's a positive and a negative to it with all things, but where would you say are the trickiest places to keep in mind of uh, the things that we're where folks might be getting caught in 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 uh and how can it be simplified and navigated very easily is that <clears throat> it has nothing to do with gender there are two genders on you on in, in this sphere there's the male gender and there's the female gender that's all there's the male and the female aspect what happened is because the archetypes became so whacked out we got rock hudson and doris day Okay. And so, you know, and they both got, he's got boys on the side, she's got girls on the side, which is fine, but they're pretending something else. And so the archetypes, and there's John Wayne, okay, be like John Wayne, there's Clint Eastwood shooting, you know, good, make my day, you know, which we love him. You know, I mean, we love that archetype. We all had to go through it. We all have to go through it. And then we realize it's inauthentic because it's not intimate. And all this is about is intimacy. And so what happens is, is when, when we're not intimate, then they borrow all this stuff and call themselves anything, you know, call myself this, call myself that. And that's all it's about. And so all this is an intimate connection again, you know, I mean, that's what Iris does. She teaches the class to, to get people intimate because the bottom line is, and people have experiences and they go, oh my God, like how in, in seven minutes, their life has changed. They've never had an experience of intimacy before, you know? And now they have an experience of intimacy. Well, it took seven minutes, you know? And so, you know, I mean, to me, that's, that's one way there you want to do it. There, there are ways, you know, that's one way uh, of, 
of getting to it. But if you don't have intimate connection, you have nothing with anything. Seeing beyond the physical identity labels, not getting stuck in the hyper emphasis of their importance. Right. Because all it's doing is using it. Oh, now, oh, I love your hair. You know, oh, you're so beautiful. He was a, he's a boy. Okay. My God, now he's got hair that comes down to here. And so his friends go, wow, your hair is great. You look pretty. I love your boots. It's no different from doing that with anything else. It's just another physical, it's a way to avoid intimacy. It's like an accessory. It's like brings the attention to like, oh, nice earrings. Well, you're only right. wearing the earrings because it's an expression of beauty and the face and bringing your attention. And it's all, yeah, it's like this magnetics towards love but it gets yeah. stuck in these kind of gradients along the way. Yeah, this is ego labyrinths. You know, I'm a boy who identifies being a girl who likes boys and all of it, nonsense. It's all just nonsense in the mind. It has nothing to do with, this is what I'm attracted to. It's just embarrassment. The humans are just generally embarrassed you, by you, everything. You've said, you've said that very distilled and that really has distilled it in my own framework as well as like, if you just uncomplicated it and got right to the root of it, is that this boy is attracted to boys or attracted yeah. to girls in this way that he wants to be coming to them from the perspective of a girl. But because society says, no, 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 no. Then the ego has to put all these makeup on, has to put all these shapes on top of itself to yeah, avoid the embarrassment and, and gain some kind of permission to do that. Exactly. And then, so there's becomes movements, you know, there's a movement for Chen's, gender movement so that everyone just like the masks okay now we're all together because all people want to do is they want to just feel together and it's like you know anything else doesn't matter where it is it's like people just want to feel together how else could you convince people to put on an outfit pick up a gun go go to some other country and shoot people i mean you know what i mean because someone said hey they're bad we need we, you go shoot hey, you know what i mean it's like they just want to belong to something Oh man, I wish I wish I had a better camera. But as you said, shoot something. I promise to God that Ted literally just stepped out there and he has a shotgun and he just I mean yeah, shot I something. See, I see, I see him. You said you said shoot something and Ted. Hey, we're all working together, you know. It's one mind. <laughs> we're in tandem for sure. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Malachi so desperately wants to. It's very, it's very interesting. Oh, it was a squirrel, I suppose. Um, yeah, it's like it, it, it evokes the Malachite's like most primal aspects. Yeah, I'm sure. Now, so he's shooting the squirrel because, from what I've heard him talk about it as, um, uh, there's too many of them, and. Yeah. Uh, they're like a rodent and yeah, they're cute, but uh, I, I, I guess this, the simple way to say it is that there's too many of them and he's right. balancing the, the right. geography. Right. I mean, that's his mind is pure math. And when he takes animals out of their physical form, it's because they're imbalanced. And all that imbalance, by the way, is reflection of what we've created because of the ecosystems that we've created. Because without us, everything is in perfect balance. There's no imbalance. And so that's what we're moving into. We're actually moving into the perfect balance. And in the perfect balance, that's why most people are leaving because they just can't, they, A, they don't want to do the work. They're not going to do the work. They don't want to be functional. You know, they want to be, they bought the story of we're going to be rich and famous and sit and everyone's going to serve us. And that's this, that's this part of the material game. They go to a different grid. They go to a different matrix. That's all. 
and 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 they learn they learn it's like they learn all the ways that they were given that's what happens is is if we don't get it now we're not there's nothing ever lost you know we just go to a different grid where we're actually going through all the things and that we were given by everyone the trees the oxygen everything so we're like in a we actually learn to be in a state of bliss. It's out of body, but it's like, wow, wow. And we're shown, it's like a school. We're educated then. Our, our energy fields are educated on how deeply we were loved in every moment. And, and then how, how we withheld love, which contracted us. And so then what happens is then with that information bank, and it's a very fast download, all that stuff. You know, I mean, it's just, we see it. And we go, whoa, it's a flash. It's just a flash. But what happens is we go into the universe going, seeing that and going, whoa, thank you. Okay, because we're out of body, so we don't have any interference. And that's what we go back into the universe with. So the, all the love is shown to us. But we could have experienced it here. We could have actually felt the love here. And we could have then reciprocated and been loving beings. But we thought we weren't being loved, so we're not loving anyone. That's part of duality. And listen, it's, it's understandable and everyone's position is understandable. It's a really challenging matrix for any, any spirit, the strongest of spirits, you know. And then if you, the idea is, well, well, great, look at their enlightened being, they got shot. Well, they got shot. They get basically taken out of the form and put in another form in a very easy way for them. They don't feel anything. It's like, oh, good. They didn't have to get sick physically, nothing. They just got shot and leave. It was for everybody else's lesson because you weren't ready to have this person there. So it seems so sharp and abrupt. Oh my God, they got taken out and they were so good. Well, it, for them, it's easy. They, that was, they, they were taken out. That was their gift. They could just take and move to another matrix where the holographic usually, where they can be ultimate assistance to so many, which is all we want to do anyway, because that's what's fun. That's the ones people realize it's fun assisting her. It's fun. There's nothing more fun than feeding people, than, than assisting people. What is more fun? I mean, what, what did we come here for? That's what we came here for. We came here to feed each other, to learn each other's languages, to sing with each other, to, to create with one another, you know, to find out about each other, to, to dance in the landscape of each other's minds, because God knows. I mean, the minds are just incredible. Human, the minds are as exciting, you know, but we've dumbed down to the point of incomprehensibility and now complete non-functionality. And that's why this is occurring. So, if, you know, you can see if, if it's nobody's fault, but if you buy a story idea of your own, you know, purposeful, you know, murder, it's a murder. There's no such thing as a murder or a suicide. It's all the same thing. It's all an agreement on some level. It's hard to understand that when you're in your body. Someone killed my, you know, this, but it's on a spiritual level to, to have certain things energetically happen. So certain mathematical sequences must occur. And this is the only way it could happen here. It's for us ultimately to feel and experience more love because I didn't know I loved that person until they were shot. Now I really, you know, that happens is the ego comes in and go miss them. Instead of missing them, we go, no, don't miss them, love them and feel them right now because there's no reality in missing, because once again, you're missing their energy field. That's what this is about. We're missing, and it got so sentimental. I miss you, I miss you. It's so the whiny, bunch of whiner, the humans, it's like the multiverse can't bear anymore with all the animals screaming and tortured and all the people whining. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> what a noisy planet, you know? I mean, that's the reality of it. It's like the show's not interesting anymore. The, the universe, the multiverse, 
they don't want to hear the same way. This is a drag, you know. This place is supposed to be a harmonic frequency, not horns and things backing up and people screaming and guns and just nonsense. We've so, heard this record before. Yeah, exactly. So even talking about it is like, it's nothing, you know. I mean, it's just, you know, it's not interesting. That's the idea. It's not interesting. What are you, uh, I think maybe on the, on, the, on the way out here, on the, maybe the, the next uh, couple moments will be our, our outro. Um, what's really lighting you up these days? What are you moving into in it with joy? What is interesting you? That's a good question because all, all my mind matrix sees all the time is the possibility of creation and, and everything all the time. And this is the most challenging time uh, because the blanket is so heavy and purposeful to dampen all of us so that we really have to rise up from the ashes of anything that's left of what we thought we were in order for spirit to embody and, and you know imbue our form so that when we we embark on this now voyage you know we're everything we are we're not there's no diminishment in our math that's that's what's happening so it's, it's hard for it's just challenging for everybody you know i mean you know i see and i'm shown all the time uh because you know that's my my character's job is to get the jump ahead so i can assist with the jump heads, the challenge of that is integrating the jump aheads. Now I understand it's not up to me. I just can do what I'm doing, even though what I'm doing is maybe perceived as ridiculous and not taking care of business, whatever like that. No, it's actually, it actually is precisely taking care of what needs to be done for whatever image that needs to be presented um, uh, and coming up. And it it may not be understood, but it's source guided and you know and spirit spirit always leaves pieces out so that so that anybody else you know will play devil's advocate going what are you doing why are you doing that you know and for everybody everyone has to experience the same kind of challenge of that aspect and um so just you know holding holding on you know holding on to um nothing and um keeping the body in shape and and doing a lot of breathing and and communing with nature and the animals and you know that's all that's all you can do right now you have to commune with nature you have to the only way we can stay sane you know it's and the stars look at the stars at night and and be out at the sun sunrise and look at that sun as it's coming up and and do the breaths with the sun you know and all of that's the only way that we can recalibrate into reality now it's just it's too many there are too many diverse narratives that are all fighting to be the sole narrative of this time because that's what the ego does destroy everyone else's story but yours yours is the only one that's really real everyone else is part of your story and wow so the ego is basically kicking the ass of humanity that has allowed it to wait a minute let me help you off the bed i helped the dog off the bed one second There you go right there, assisting, assisting right there. She's an old girl. She's so cute. And um, yeah, so, you know, I mean, that's all we can do is, is, uh, is, uh, is no, with no, all we can do is no, you know, on a deeper level, because you can see the diverse, the, the, the variants of reality that are occurring simultaneously under one roof now are, it's incomprehensible. How can these two, 
how could these three, how could all these different realities, completely different realities exist in the same time sequence? And that's the trick. And so we're in store for um, some very large land shifts, massive land shifts. So that's what has to happen because, because the physical reality must change now so that people go, whoa, this really is changing. Because as long as everything is still where it was, the mind will always concretize and move in back to that safe of, of perceived safety, which is the most dangerous place you could be. Sounds about right. And if I haven't told you recently, I love you. <laughs> I, I sure you. love you. Thank you. <laughs> it's really nice to see you. It's nice, always nice to have these, these conversations um, with you uh, because the mathematical uh, uh, interleaving is an agreement that we've made on a, on a, on a, on a level that is non-physical uh, in order at this time to commune and to assist with the integration of spirit and form. That's all we're doing. And your articulation and your understanding of kind of, it's like I look at you like, and it was Iris in a way, you've done that work. It's like you've actually read, you've done all the exploration with all these things. So where I, you know, I, my memory is just constantly being wiped. So I have to be completely present you know, so it's, so it's a new exploration, you know, the intellect stays in tap, but the memory doesn't need to be there because it's all in, in the moment. So, you know, what I'm saying is thank you for doing the work, you know, and um, yeah, thank you. And this is good. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you making the space and making the time and also appreciate you uh, following that guidance always in all the ways that you do, but especially turning your phone off. I think that's a beautiful way of <laughs> creating space and allowing that telepathic uh, crystallinity to just relax as much as it can in a, in a wild, you know, electromagnetic frequency mosh pit of a, of a universe that this world is um, at this point. So thank you for making the time to interface with me in this technology. I think the next step for me in a very blissful compass palette guided way is uh, would love to have a conversation with you and Ted. I think there'd be some really fun kind of, you know, there's many moments where I'm like, I'm seeing him seeing it. And, you know, I can just feel spirits quantum tilting of my mirror for his. So I'm like, yeah, this is, and then, and then he's like, oh, sure, whatever. You know? But it's the same thing from these different angles. I think yeah. the three of us would be able to point at some very, very interesting things, especially with music. And um, I know there's a lot of framework that you and I have talked about for a while now that would be just fascinating to, to bring him in on. So yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll do that next. Well, well, you know, the beautiful thing about all this is, is that we're impulsed these equations and then we have to let go completely of, of our agenda of time because we see the assistance of it. And then we go, this is already written, everything. I mean, we're, we're, just, we're just characters in this play. You know, whoever's going to be in, the Dalai Lama, will, doesn't matter. He'll be, you know, he's, they'll be at the grocery store when you go there if you have to see him. You know what I mean? It's, that's the spirit playing with us. There's no hierarchy in any of it. It doesn't matter. Whenever, we're, whenever we need to be together to bring more God into the world, so to speak, you know, to bring spirit into our material world, especially now, it's moving very quickly. So we're all being brought together to assist everybody. You know, everybody's in duality. It's nobody's fault. What anybody's doing is not their fault. It's a program. And now it's a choice. And once we see it, 
That's what Milarepa is for. You know, he's a cutthroat and then he became a second Buddha. It's that no matter what we do, and we can always move into the light once we have that consciousness. And that's what this is about. To me, that's what this podcast is about. Fully reflective. Moving yeah. into that more and more. You fo- yeah. we, we reflect that fullness the more and more we are it and become yeah. and embody it. Yeah, that's beautiful. I like that. It's perfect, apt, fully reflective, beautiful. Thank you, brother. Love you, Baba. Love you too. Uh, speak more soon, I'm sure. Send my love to all those nearby and uh, we'll talk perfect. soon. Okay. All right.